This podcast is brought to you by jewishpodcasts.org. Start your very own podcast today at jewishpodcasts.org. This Torah class is brought to you by torahanytime.com. I may rights. My story begins 15 years ago when I was 12 years old and my parents who lived on the top floor of an apartment in Israel became embroiled in a serious argument with the other apartment across the hall. In this building, there were two apartments per floor. And so in Israel, if you own the apartment on the top floor, you have air rights to be able to build onto the roof if you'd like to expand. And we decided, rather our neighbors decided, they wanted to build on their side. So they went ahead and got signatures from everyone, giving them permission to be able to get asked for a variance so they could build on top of their apartment, which is on the top floor of the building. But they went and overextended themselves. And not just building on their side, but the man writes, they built on our side, severely into our side, which got my father very upset. All the neighbors in the building were upset. My parents had also planned to build on our side of the roof one day when we would collect the money. But when we saw that they built on our side and took practically 50% of our side, we were furious. So we decided to take them to a Din Torah. We decided to take them to a Jewish court and the rabbis would, de- would decide what to do. The neighbors refused to even show up to the court hearing. And the Din Torah, and the best Din themselves, the court, issued a Seruv, which is a, 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 a ruling that says that they must come or else they can be excommunicated. Right? Finally, my parents were granted permission to sue them in a civil court in Israel. The court oblig- decided, came out with a ruling to either that the neighbors would either have to demolish what they did in terms of building into our side, or pay us some money, some thousands of dollars in compensation. They chose to pay us and not demolish the portion that they built into our air rights, but they didn't have the money. My parents filed a petition to have liens placed on their property and their income, as we see in America, garnish wages, and soon the store became an ugly mess of legal documents flying back and forth between both families. As a boy and later as a teenager, I looked, I took part in, in this actively, arguing bitterly with the neighbor's children. So not only was the argument between the sets of parents, but the argument had tilted down to the next generation between each side's children, each one sliming each other verbally. Yeah, can you imagine how they felt like if they opened the door to their apartment and the other, uh, the other pa- apartment was also opening their door and have to face each other regularly. In the end, from a legal point of view, he writes, we won. We received every last cent of compensation money. But woe to such a victory because it comes with a price tag. Because when I was, since I was 12 years old, our family lived in a cloud of hatred that spread through the entire building because people saw us as being the, the, the ones uh, who were the problem makers and they were the victims, even though that we were the victims because they decided to go ahead and take our air rights. This is the type of hatred that's felt in every limb of one's body. And it's horrible, especially when we think about in the next day, tomorrow we're starting the three weeks which culminates in Tishabav, which culminates, which was the day in which the base of Mikdash was destroyed, all because of unnecessary baseless hatred between Jews. So tonight I want to flush this point out very well. And so he said, he says like this, the anger and hatred knew no bounds between our families. And so this problem chased us all through our lives. When I went to high school, I, they smeared me, the other, the neighbors, and tried to say bad things about me to the school. And they had like a, you know, a bad angel hovering over my head, that kind of thing. Many shirk suggestions stopped cold as soon as the other party began asking information about my family. Because they heard that we were involved in an ugly fight with the neighbors. The most painful thought was that the terrible things they said about us were actually true. 
because we did, you know, cause, force them to pay up, but hold on, they took advantage of us. They went ahead and made us sign a document in which they were only supposed to build on their side of the building, and they really overextended it. We told people that we rarely signed our consent to the construction, and how they took advantage of us, and it wasn't fair. And, and when we told the neighbors, why did you do that? They said, next time you should read better or don't trust us if you sign a document. Years passed, and listen to what happened. All my friends in my, in my, my classmates in schools were all married, but I remained single thanks to our neighbors. One day, a new shatran, a new matchmaker came on the scene, and I tried to get his assistance. I looked at my parents. My father grew steadily more aged, shrinking into himself as the years passed. All five of my brothers and sisters were now up in age. I, at the age of 28, was not married. I had a brother who was 26, a sister who was 25. No one was moving. And the same thing was happening for the neighbor. All their children were also up in age, and no marriages were happening there, and no shidduchim. Watching your children grow up and develop and be so old at a certain point because of a fight was too catastrophic. So I decided that I had to take this into my own hands. And instead of waiting for my parents to get me shidduchim, I was going to go ahead and deal with matchmakers on my own. I decided to contact a young shatchan who recently had great success in making matches. I had asked him to run my shidduch, my matchmaking affairs, and I was no longer a little boy. So right at the outset he told me, listen, you guys have a problem. The whole street knows that you're embroiled in a major argument with your neighbors and you have a bad reputation. So we decided, what could we do? We discussed it. What could we do about the problem? And, he's, and I said to him, you know, if it was up to me, I would go to the bank, withdraw all the money that they paid my father and pay them back and let them have the money back. So perhaps if there's this decree against us in heaven, it would be rescinded. One day, the matchmaker called me up. Guess who contacted me and wants suggestions for their children? None other than your next door neighbor. So the next door neighbor, as we said before, had a whole slew of boys and girls who were getting older also. And now, and they were not getting any shidduch suggestions as well. Now, so I decided, I came up with an idea. I asked the matchmaker if he would call the father of the neighbor next door and persuade him to take the money back. He tried, without success. The neighbor was every bit as tough as my father. He wouldn't hear of any attempts of appeasement. None whatsoever. War is war. I understood that what was going on in my house was going on in their house as well. Eventually, we began sending messages to each other via the shatran. It went like this. I would tell the shatran to tell the wife of the neighbor to tell her husband if he would take the money back. And it always came back with the same answer. One day, I decided, I thought a way of a possibly softening my father's stand and have him send a message to speak with the neighbor. But my father wouldn't hear of it at all. So, this is what happened. The shatran came up with an incredible story, incredible idea. He would try to persuade, I was 28, the, old, the neighbor's oldest child was a 26-year-old girl. And he decided to speak, to, we decided to have a, a, a conference call with us, me and the shatran and the, the eldest, the neighbor's oldest child, which is a 20-year-old girl. At first the conversations were very matter-of-fact, but then they became more personal. I've always had a keen intuition, and I told my parents that there was a good suggestion in the works. Could it be that the neighbor's daughter, who we had been, we had been involved in a mudslinging war for years, could possibly be my shidduch? My parents, I didn't tell them who it was. At the age of 28, I told them I trusted myself not to make my own decisions. My conversations with the neighbor's daughter never resulted in peace between our fathers, but eventually, eventually, we reached a simple and quiet understanding that we were very compatible, myself and this young woman. Unfortunately, we also came to the deeper and quieter understanding that we would never be able to marry due to the terrible fight between our parents. Since we no longer had anything to discuss, we stopped communicating. 
It took me two weeks to call the shachim and ask him to feel out what's going on with the girl. And it took him a split second to tell me that the other side, which is the girl, was asking the same question. Feel out what's going on with the boy. He got back to me with her consent and a question. She asked if you prepared for the tumult that's going to result if you can decide to marry each other. Yes, I said, I am prepared. World War Three broke out an hour later. The shotgun called both my parents and made the suggestion of myself to the neighbor's daughter. If fury and shock were explosive materials, our building would have been blown up to smithereens. My parents came to me in shock, and her parents came to her in shock. At first, they were furious. They threatened me, and finally they cried. In the end, they both informed us, as far as we're concerned, both of you can marry in the street. We're going to have nothing to do with your wedding. We both informed our parents, as we had discussed it, that that's what we intend to do. We're going to get married regardless of whether you give us permission or not. Since both our families were religious and they followed the, the wisdom of the rabbis, the shachan suggested to both our parents that they should speak to their own rabbis. The crisis was over within a week. Both of us gave in, both sides gave in, and agreed to allow the match to proceed. It, it only took another two weeks to arrange for an official engagement at which both sides would finally meet. Many good people got involved, and the engagement took place. I can't believe, begin to describe how many tears were shed Everyone was crying, my parents were crying, my college parents were crying, the neighbors were crying, all our relatives were crying. And guess what happened? Our family's mazel, or luck, or fortunes changed with our engagement. Within the year, two of my siblings got engaged and married, and three of my wife's siblings got married. A total of six weddings, ladies and gentlemen, one year, when they decided to put the, to bury the hatchet and make peace. And as a result, they realized that two people can become husband and wife, even if they came from sides that were explosively, explosively at each other's neck. So we have to realize you never know who you should. Bashar can be. Don't just dismiss anyone. Don't dismiss people because of who they are, their background, what families they come from. Be open-minded. You never know how God can make a shirk. Let me wish you all hasdaha and bracha and shafa. And again, closing, anybody who would like my help to put together a top 10 list or in shaduchim or matchmaking or to help you with a relationship that you're going through or you would like my help in Shalom Bayez, feel free to reach out to me from anywhere in the world. You can WhatsApp me or call me or text me to 305-206-1916. Have a wonderful Shabbos and a very easy fast tomorrow. Thank you. You've just experienced another Torah class brought to you by TorahAnytime.com.